and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by a town and country Harlow estate agents with myself, Stephen Baum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o. It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number 303. Just always, always a quick shout out and a thank you to everyone who tuned into our last show, which was two weeks ago now because obviously we didn't play last week. This week we've got two weeks worth of club news to catch you up on. A review of the main talking points of yesterday's game against Sutton and we've also got a very special guest waiting on the phone for us now but as always we start our shows with a word from our sponsor. We certainly do in covering London, Essex and Hertfordshire town and country Harlow estate agents are run by Orient season ticket holders and fans and along with this very podcast I've already helped lots of you move home and the best part is they offer all Orient fans and staff a hefty discount from their already competitive fees. So if you're thinking of selling your property or just curious as to its value, you can save yourself a few hundred quid, keep it in your Orient family by giving them a call on 01279 883444 or 07528471497 or you can find the team on Twitter, they can be found at TNC Harlow or Charlie who's one of the uh, directors there can be found at Charlie underscore Paul and remember town and country don't just sell houses, they change lives. They absolutely do. So let's move on to the guest who is very patiently waiting for us on the line now. We are absolutely beyond thrilled to welcome a very special guest this week, making his long-awaited Orient Outlet podcast debut. Ladies and gentlemen, we are delighted to be joined by Mr Theodore Valentine Archibald to the show. Good evening, Theo. Thank you very much indeed for joining us uh, this evening. I think starting at the top, really, what a season it's been. So far. Yeah, so far. No, it's been great. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think if you'd said at the beginning of the season after 21 games would be sat comfortably at the, the top of the table, then everyone would have been snapping your hands off for it, and that's the case. But um, I think the as much as it's probably slightly cliched, I think everyone in the change room knows that actually we're not even halfway through the season yet, and a lot a lot can change if we take our foot off the pedal. So it's um it's been a fantastic beginning, but there's a long way to go. We're going to talk about yesterday later on in the podcast, but from your perspective, you know, a difficult game yesterday at home to Sutton United. What were your thoughts on the game yesterday? Um, well, we've not played much football for a start. Um, obviously, we weren't in the second round of the FA Cups. We miss we missed that. Um, we missed that weekend of fixtures and then obviously crew was cancelled last weekend so actually it's been we've only been playing once a fortnight for the best part of a month now so I thought in the first half we were brushing the cobwebs off a little bit even with the weather and stuff it's been quite difficult to to get proper training sessions in before in the in the middle of the week anyway um, so I thought we I thought we dealt with their threat quite well but didn't actually play particularly fantastically ourselves we sort of turned it into the type of game that they wanted to play. Um, second half, obviously, a bit of magic from Smitty, which has so often been the case this year, sort of opens, doesn't open the floodgates yes, necessarily yesterday, but it allows, the, allows a lot more freedom. And I think in the last 20 to 25 minutes of the game, we were pretty comfortable, to be honest. Um, and yeah, look, it's not, it wasn't the prettiest game by any stretch of the imagination, but three points and a clean sheet's really all that counts, actually, in games like that. And that's what we did. So yeah, delighted again. And you got pretty close to getting on the score sheet, Theo. You took a lovely free kick that you must have thought was going to hit the back of the net, but unfortunately just smacked the top of the bar. No, I know, and it seems to be the way a little bit this season with me anyway. I can't really seem to score, score as many goals as I want to, but um, yeah, I've never scored a free kick, so I'm a, little bit, I'm a little bit annoyed that that didn't go in because 
it's not often there's an angle that TJ's not going to take it from. So yesterday was a, a, the chance for me to actually take take a free kick. Um, I didn't go in the back of the net, so I think TJ will probably be on the next one again. But anyway, um, no, look, it would have been nice if that went in. Um, but like I said, the most important things that we, you know, we we kept this winning run going and we kept another clean sheet along with it because obviously we've got a very important game next uh, next Monday. Yeah, or next, so, Tuesday. Next, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Yeah, we, we've been we've been yeah. pushed back. Um, but 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 it's interesting as well. You say that. I mean, you know, we, we're top of the league, and a lot of people say we don't ever seem to really get out of second gear. But but we're winning, and we're winning, albeit whatever. Like you just said, whatever it takes. You know, sometimes people are going to come and and sit back and allow us to attack and soak up and try and counter. Um, so it, it, you're right. It is about winning and, and just just getting those three points. But you, you see, you're you're playing on the left hand side. Um, sorry, on the right hand side, and, and and Smithy on on the left. Which side do you prefer? And are you sort of comfortable being where you are? Yeah, no, I really like. I mean, I'd sort of. I mean, under under Kenny last year, I spent obviously we were playing a different formation, so I spent quite a lot of the season playing at uh, wing back and left wing back. Which again, I don't I don't mind at all. But when when the gaffer came in, in in March time and put me back out on the right, I, I felt I felt that's that's where I feel most comfortable. I think to be honest, that's where I enjoy playing the most anyway. Um, especially with the type of the type of football that, that the managers installed into us playing wise. Um, he allows the wingers to come inside and create, and there's a bit of freedom involved, um, which which is I think to be honest, if you asked any forward players, exactly what they want. So playing off the right for me allows me to come inside, allows me to try and create goals for the strikers and the and the opposite wide men, etc. more so. And then, obviously, I've got a really good fullback behind me, whether that's Brownie just now, Hunty, TJ, whoever it is behind me. They, they're overlapping and stuff, so you can always play with them as well. So, I, know, I, I really like it out there, to be honest, but I've not got a, I've not got a huge preference. So long, as I'm, so long as I'm playing, I'll try and do, you know, the best job for the team. There have been many memorable moments already this season for us fans, and you know we bet we're not even into the second half of the season yet. Do you have a favourite moment from this season so far, Theo? Oh, good question. Um, I think Roch, Rochdale away. Um, the feeling, the feeling at the end of that game, um, probably felt it probably felt like the most pivotal win of the season so far, just because how much pressure they put us under. Um, you know, we weren't, we didn't actually play particularly well. The, you know, the fans were right behind them the whole game. We had two or three chances, scored two of them, defended for our lives, and we come away with three points. Um, and so the sort of celebrations in the change room at the end of that game, that you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be there's going to be feelings like that closer to the end of the season. I hope where the celebrations are even greater again. But the celebrations at the end of the at the end of the game there, just it just felt like a really important win for us. So for me, that's probably that's probably my highlight. But um. There's been a lot of great goals and there's been a lot of, you know, really good performances to take away from. But um, yeah, in the first half of the season, I've got to say, I think our Rochdale away. I mean, the, the, the away support was amazing. The scenes when when Omar scored the second goal, and that was just a, it was a really good day. Do you when you score? Obviously, I, I guess we thought you might say Carlisle away, where you obviously score a double and you scored that amazing chip. I guess from that perspective, mm. you must be delighted and think I've got gold in a month here in the bag, and then a week or two after. <laughs> Smithy hits an overhead kick and you know takes some of the glory. Are you thinking, oh, he's done it again here? Well, I'm, I mean, to be honest, I'm expecting him to do it again, and I want him to keep doing it again. Um, you know, he's he had such a, 
an unfortunate season last season with injuries and stuff. Um, and I don't think any of the fans got to see, you know, they didn't get to see anything of him at all. Um, we got to see glimpses of him in training, but only in, in the last few games of the season did we get to see him really play and show what he can do in this season. You know, he's he's in his element. Um, and I'm absolutely delighted for him. He's a good friend of mine. And, you know, if he wants to keep scoring overhead kicks and taking all the glory away from, from me, <laughs> then, you know, I'm more than happy for him to do that. Cool. Did you mean, by the way, Stockport away is your favourite? God, yes, that's exactly who I meant away, not Rochdale away. Yeah. Um, although Rochdale away was good as well with Lawrence saving the penalty in the last second, but Stockport, Stockport, Stockport. away is exactly who I meant, thank yeah. you. No, that's what I thought, because Omar didn't score in, in that one, it was Monks that got the, yeah. the goal in, in that yeah, one. So yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, it was the... It was only a couple of weeks ago. Stop, yeah. stop four away, so man, sorry. A lot's happened since then, mate, hasn't it? Christmas dues no, and games all, and all these all these wins for you. They all just uh, blur into one big <laughs> win, right? Yeah, just blue, t- blue team up north kind of got. We can really tell. We, you know, I don't know what you know about the history of our club, and I'm not going to give a history lesson now. But we, we've seen some bad things at, at our club, and you can really tell when players are are not quite there and, and, and things aren't going so well. But obviously now we can really feel the good uh, you know, the good factor at the club. You can see the players are enjoying playing with each other and you can see that uh, things are really you know, things are really gelling on, on the pitch. In particular with, with yourself, um, you obviously joined us on Lincoln uh, last season on loan initially. What what made you join um, Orient? Let's we've got a couple of questions around this, but let's start I guess at the beginning. What what made you join us? Uh, on loan last season. Um, I mean, I think if, well, there was a, there was a few things. I mean, uh, I had a really good conversation actually with 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 Kenny and Joe at the time, and look, I needed to get out and play football. And the season was fast approaching. I think I joined the week before the season was starting, and um, I, I needed to go somewhere. I, I wanted to go to a, you know a, a football club that that had that had history and that had ambition. Um, which we, we had at the start of last season. Um, I looked at the, the, the squad roster and I thought, and I, I just, I don't know, sometimes there's not, I can't I can pinpoint one one reason as to why, but I just had, I just had a good feeling. Um, and then there's also extern, external factors as well. I was, you know, quite isolated in Lincoln, um, you know, living quite far away from friends and family, etc. I've got a lot of friends down here and stuff. So that definitely actually played a factor as well. I thought happiness off the pitch, um, yeah. Would be quite would be quite important for me, and and um, I think that actually benefited and does benefit me on the on the pitch quite a lot as well. So I mean, there was a few there was a few factors, but I didn't know I didn't know the the history of of the club as as I do now. So that didn't really come into my decision making. But um, yeah, all I can say is that you know I'm I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to to come on loan to Orient at the start of last season, and uh, probably even more grateful that I got a chance to to be an Orient player at the start of this season. I guess, you know, from our, from a fan's perspective, we took to you straight away, and I think I can pinpoint that as being your, you know, you always give 100% on the pitch, you're running for the 90 minutes, you're very emotive, as are Orient fans on the pitch, so I think that's why Orient fans have taken to you so well. But why do you think we've taken to you so well, Theo? Because, you know, Orient fans don't take to every player who joins the club, but it seemed as soon as you joined us, from about two games in, Every Orient fan loved you and has remained loving you to this very day. Why do you think that is? I, I don't know. I mean, I, look, I love it, and you know, I've I've never I've never had a connection like this with a with a football club before, and I'm, it makes me it makes me delighted. I feel proud to to go out on a Saturday and and play for them in a 
play my heart out every week. I might not play amazingly every week, but I play my heart out every week. I don't know. Um, perhaps that perhaps that is the reason. I think they can they can see and sense that I have a lot of admiration for the football club, and um, you know, I guess their support then becomes reciprocated in, in me through that. Um, I think perhaps in years in years gone by, they've seen maybe a lack of passion from players on the pitch. Players not giving a hundred percent and. That's that's just not really in my DNA, um, and yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know to be honest. But look, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna change it. I'm gonna, I love it, and I, and I hope they continue to keep loving me like I love them. And yeah, may it continue. Absolutely. Do you have personal targets that you set yourself uh, at the start of each season? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I mean, in terms of goals, I'm nowhere near where I want where I want to be. Um, my assists are probably looking are looking on track, um, but I need to. Well, look, the the most important thing is the team and getting three points. But for, from a personal point of view, I want to obviously contribute in goals and assists as much as I can. It's my it's my job really as a, as a wide man to, to do that. Um, and so, you know, I, I want I want my goals to really to increase in the second half of the season and you know the Hart women had the bar again yesterday but there have been opportunities even at Bradford last week I should score one of them the keeper so mm. it's been a little bit frustrating for me from a personal point of view that I've not scored as many goals as I want to but I'm providing goals for my teammates and mm. we're winning a good amount of football matches so do you know what it's, it's they are secondary to the ultimate goal of getting three points every week on a Saturday Great answer. Great stuff. We always like to take listener questions for you. We've got a few uh, coming up for you. We've already spoken about living in London and, and you've already spoken about that. We've got quite a few about the World Cup quiz that you're probably not yes. surprised to hear about. Uh, the first one was very impressed with Theo and his professional and eloquent hosting of the Orient World Cup quiz. But what has been Theo's cultural highlights this year in film, music and TV? Mm, that's a really good question, actually. Um... Well, I actually went to the cinema a couple of weeks ago to see a movie called Triangle of Sadness, which I think is definitely my highlight of film for the year. Um, and I'm actually over at a friend's house just now doing doing this podcast, and I'm trying to convince him to watch uh, the director's other film called The Square, um, which I've not seen, but I've heard great things about. So when we finish up here, I'm going to try and convince <laughs> convince them to watch that with me. Um, in terms of in terms of music, it's well, my Spotify rap came in, and it's my usual my usual soft rock. The Eagles were number one band again. America, just the, the normal dad dad music rock from the seventies, really. Um, yeah, and te- television. Well, I mean, I've, I feel like I've kind of got to say the World Cup, don't I? Really, especially after today's mm, yeah. three 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 draw, I've kind of got to say the World Cup's been quite amazing, and it's been enjoyable to have that on for the last month. So yeah. Um, we had a question from your number one fan, Rory, who's actually based up in Scotland. He said, "I know Rory. I know Rory well." Right. He's asked, "What's the best thing about playing for Leighton Orient, and why do you like wearing the number 11? So I think you probably covered um, why you like what you know, what you, the best thing about playing for Orient is. So why do you like wearing the number 11? Why that shirt number? I think it was always a positional thing to an extent I mean I know it doesn't really work like that in modern football but I think historically the number 11 was always the outside left or the the left footed midfield player Mm. Um, and I suppose looking at players that wore number 11 sure I always when I I mean 
people don't ever my right foot's actually not maybe as awful as what people think I just never use it um, but Iron Robin always wore number 11 and I always found when I was younger I would always try and emulate things that he was doing by cutting inside and getting onto my stronger left foot and I like watching a lot of his clips Gareth Bale the same um, I just find quite a lot of left footed players who played in my position or played a similar style of football to me also wore number 11 and it's just kind of stuck to be honest um, and so whenever I join a new club I always see if number 11 is available and luckily it was and I'm never going to change it Cool. Well, if it's working for you, no need to change that for you. We've got a few questions in, like, quick-fire questions, I think these are. So, best place to visit in London? Oh, I mean, I live in Hackney, and I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to stay stay true to my Hackney roots. Um, <laughs> I, love, I love it around here, to be honest. Um, you know, loads of good restaurants, loads of good bars, loads of good things to do. There's pop-ups coming on all the time, just as a good, as a good vibe. Great stuff. Best ever movie. I've already asked about your favourite movie this year, but favourite ever movie? Oh. Mm. Les Antichables, perhaps, with Omar Sy, French film, um, which I'm pretty sure Kevin Hart did a terrible remake of a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, so don't watch the, the Kevin Hart version, watch the, watch the original version of that. Um, I also saw a film last year called Parasite. Some of you may have seen it. Um, oh, it won the Oscars, movie. didn't it? It won the Oscars. And if you've not seen that, then absolutely get yourself in front of the screen and watch that for a couple hours. It's blockbuster. It's great, great viewing. You're obviously, obviously into your world cinema, Theo. Um, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know. They're, they're, just, they're just the two that came into my head. I do watch plenty of British films and American films as well, but uh, yeah, my favourite films all seem to be foreign for some reason, so yeah. Love it. Ideal holiday destination? <sighs> mm. um, well, I would say to anyone who's not visited Scotland, go and visit Scotland, but for <laughs> me that doesn't count. So for me, I don't know, I've not, got, I've not got a specific holiday destination that I love, to be honest. I don't really go back to the same places. I like trying to explore new places when I can. Um, but I've been back to Lisbon a few times. I, I love I love Lisbon. Um, really good food. It's a nice size. The people are really friendly. Um, it's very pretty. Um, so I'd probably give Lisbon as my answer, I think. And this is an interesting one. Uh, biggest footballing regret, if you have one? Biggest footballing regret? Well... Do you know what? I try not actually have regrets um, at all because, you know, I think my journey has meandered with highs and highs and lows. Um, but I'm here playing for Orient right now, and we're we're top of the league, and I'm and I'm really happy with with where we are. And so I probably shouldn't regret anything because decisions that would have been made differently in the past may have not led me to where I am now. But um, perhaps just not taking it quite as seriously as I maybe should have when I was younger. Um, I don't know if that was through having other interests or just not really growing up quickly enough, but I don't think football was my top priority when I was at an age where maybe, maybe it should have been. Um, and that might have led me down a different path. That might, may, have, may have led me down the exact same path. I'm not sure. Um, but I try not really have, have regrets anyway. Um, Maybe my regret from yesterday is not putting my, my free kick a tenure at lower. But other than that, no, no regrets. <laughs> You're being harsh on yourself because that was only a lick of paint shire going in. Um, but that is a great answer. You're at where you're at because this is where you're meant to be at. And if you'd have made different decisions earlier on, you wouldn't be where you're at now doing what you're doing and enjoying your football. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Another question that came in is, what other profession would you have pursued if football hadn't have worked out? And the suggestion might have been quiz show host. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, been, yeah, maybe, maybe I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it to be fair, but actually, I don't know how quite how tough it was. I mean, I feel sorry for these guys that are doing it on live TV. I think Luke mm. made quite a good, uh, Luke made quite a good job of a few outtakes and a few blippers that were made by the host <laughs> on the quiz. But um, <laughs> no, I'm, oh, do you know what? I honestly, I, I just don't, I just don't know. My parents are both musicians, um, so if I was no good at football, maybe they would have pushed me in a musical direction. But I've got, I've got no idea. Is the, is the truth? Sorry. But you're quite a sporting family, aren't you? Because your cousin is cycling. Yeah. if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Kate, Katie's. I mean, got a number of Olympic medals, a few gold medals in there. Oh. Um, on the track so she's an absolute I mean she's an absolute monster on the, on the bike as is her brother John um, he's got a couple of Commonwealth Games medals and still a professional road cyclist um, but I mean well, I, I cycle to the games but I'm, I'm not not quite on their level of cycling so I don't think that would have gone that would have gone down um, in my favour if I was trying to become a professional cyclist either but no yeah um, you know yeah sporting genes which mm. I'm thankful for for sure yeah. another question uh, we had in Theo was how does this team rate out of other teams that you've been a part of I mean first of all and I think probably like most importantly um, team camaraderie is, is the best I've ever is, is the best I've ever been in and almost everyone in the changing room says the same thing and I think when you guys get other people on the podcast and if you ask a similar question I'd be surprised if you get a different answer um, everybody gets on with everybody the staff get on with the players the players get on with the staff there's just I'm not, it's, it's quite easy saying that when you're doing well and you're top of the league etc I think it's probably easier to all get on with one another but actually even beyond that we're all just we're all just good friends so from, from that point of view this is the best team I've ever been involved in Um I mean, look, I've played it. I've played it Celtic. I've played at Brentford, and the level of the level of football there is is, is higher. So um, I don't think it's necessarily fair to compare that. But um, in terms of what where we are and what we're trying to do, this is this is the most enjoyable and the best group that I've ever I've ever played in. Amazing. It it shows. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned it earlier. You can tell that everyone's gelled. Everyone's even the pre-season. Uh, videos that Luke and the media team did you can just tell everyone's on on a level so on on away days who do you room with do you is it different or are you assigned a roommate for the season how does that work and who do you room yeah with? yeah we're just sort of give, you're given not given but like you just kind of whoever you were rooming with on the on the first day I think they just sort of picked randomly the, the first hotel we stayed in um and that's who you're with so I'm with Jordan Brown um mm. which is which is great but like I think that's almost it's almost testament to the team the fact that people didn't go and say oh can I room with him and blah 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 it's like well it doesn't matter who you're put in a room with because everyone gets on with everyone I mean I mean genuinely um, it's really it's, it's it's been it's it's refreshing it's, it's very nice it's just a nice environment actually um, and yeah so me, me and Brownie are in a room together which is which is good fun great stuff that's it for listening to questions Theo we've got a few to ask you about Christmas and then we'll let you go so I mean, first of all, do you like Christmas? Are you a fan of Christmas? <laughs> um, no, <laughs> I think there are probably bigger fans of Christmas than me. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not total Ebenezer Scrooge, but I'm not, uh, I'm not Mister Mister Claus either. I'm not, I'm, I don't. I think it's all a bit of a fuss for nothing, to be totally honest with you. But maybe I've got a, 
maybe I've got a bias because we train on Christmas Day and I don't we don't do family get togethers and all that kind of thing. So it's not the same you know, we don't get a week off work and you get to eat loads of chocolate and the nice things about Christmas, I think. Um so maybe I've got a distorted view on it. But um yeah, I'll be honest, I it's a it's, it's a nice day, but then it's it's over just like that and I think there's a bit bit much fuss over nothing but sorry for killing everyone's Christmas spirit <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean we were just going to lead into kind of what is it like for a footballer obviously like you said you don't get the week off work and you're not there pigging out on you know Christmas lunches and dinners and eating whatever you want so I guess a footballer it's just business as normal but maybe like a busier schedule within that well exactly um, and obviously I mean we're the only country in the world that, that still does it um, but I'm not I'm not going to sit on here and complain about it at all I, I think you know i, I we look forward to it. I would, lots of people would would die to play on on Boxing Day and playing a professional football game. So I'm not going to sit here and complain about having to play on Boxing Day at all. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a different different schedule for us than than most most other people. But um, I mean, even I've you know I've had I've had away games on on Boxing Day before, and you travel up on on Christmas night, and it sounds miserable and things, but you're all in it together, and you get your Christmas hats on, and you have a laugh on the bus, and you know what, make the most of it, and it's fine. So, speaking of getting your hats on and, and stuff like that, last week, uh, as we saw on social media, it was the players' um, sort of Christmas do. You guys all went up to Manchester. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us about your Christmas outfit. We couldn't quite make it out. Um, well, I was dressed as Mrs. Claus. Right. Um, and, well, the main reason for that is I didn't realise we were actually supposed to wear Christmas jumpers. Um, so, on Thursday afternoon... Uh, some of the boys were starting to send in their, their Christmas jumpers and stuff and I was like, oh, I didn't realise we were having to wear Christmas jumpers and I was out uh, uh, I was out shopping and just walked into the shop that had to be selling lots of like second-hand Christmas jumpers and I thought, I saw a nice Mrs Claus dress uh, and just decided to make make a full outfit of it and that was that, was that really. Um, Carried it off which well. I, which I quite, I quite, quite enjoyed it, yeah. So, just one thing, um, just left to, to ask you, do you, just for a message for the Orient fans, because that's all our questions now. So, just to, to, to end with, then, just a message for, for the Orient fans that are going to be listening to this. Um, I mean, look, your guys' support has been amazing. Uh, this season has been, I mean, well, we can all see the numbers from in comparison to last year. I think, you know, it was, I don't know what the temperature was yesterday, but we had over 8,000 in the stadium again yesterday and it does just make such a difference. Um, and it keeps it keeps us motivated. It pushes us on every week and I think we all want to achieve the same thing. Um, and so, you know, we're going to keep tr- trying our best for you and hopefully we can have um, as successful a second half of the season as we have the first half and then yeah, hopefully see you all at a big parade in, in May time. That's my message. So thank you to Theo Archibald there. Thanks to everyone at the club for helping uh, get that interview sorted. I thought it was great. Gave some really, uh, really insightful answers. Some surprising answers as well. Very cultured. But really good. Very sophisticated. Very cultured. Another great uh, player and a great character as well to have yeah. around the club. So thanks to everyone for sorting it out. Hope you enjoyed that and hopes that brings you a bit closer to Theo, uh, which is what we plan to do or hope to do as a fan-led podcast. So a bit of Lejande supporters club updates. Let's do that then. So coaches to Newport County are leaving on Thursday the 30th of December. That's a one o'clock leave from the supporters club. £40 for adults, 37 concessions. 
and uh, children aged 15 or under are just £20 but must travel with an adult. And then on Monday the 2nd of January we're off to Northampton Town, fairly local, 3 o'clock kickoff for that one, coaches are going to depart at half past 10. Adults are £29, concessions are 26 children aged 15 or under travelling with an adult are 15 quid as well. And just to remind you, those prices do not include your match day tickets and there is a surcharge for non-members. To book on those trips, you need to call now uh, 07507 539 579 or you can do it in the supporters club on a match day and the next one for that will be Stevenage. Certainly will. So a few pieces of AOB uh, this week. First up, a shout out for 14 year old Eloise Moulds whose proud dad Mark messaged the podcast on Facebook to tell us that she was uh, part of the official photography team at the game against Bradford City which if you remember was part of the kids takeover. So Eloise got some absolutely brilliant shots of the players in action. So well done uh, Eloise from yourself Stan Chums amazing work and look forward to seeing where the future takes you absolutely another shout out to Orient Kitman Adrian Martin who celebrated his 30th year wow. at the club a couple of weeks ago so it's got to be worth applause I mean if you've not got a gold Rolex yet then I'd be knocking on uh, <laughs> the ch- uh, <laughs> on the doors good luck Ada thanks mate thanks for everything you've done great stuff also we wish Orient legend friend of the podcast he's tiny but now he's a manager Dean Cobb who uh, we wish him the best of luck. He was appointed first team manager of Lansing FC. Got off to a winning start. They won 3-2 yesterday. Well done to Dino. Wish you the best of luck in that role. And again, looking forward to see where the future takes Dino. Absolutely. Congratulations also to ex-Orient media manager Colin Mumford, who married uh, his bride Danielle yesterday. So congratulations and a happy, healthy, long marriage to both of them. Brilliant stuff. So obviously no podcast last week, so a fortnight's worth of news to catch up on. So the let's fortnight that was, let's do it. Happy Monday, 5th of December. A great start to the week for Tom James and Lance Vigru, who were both named in the Skybet League 2 Team of the Week and the Football League's paper, League 2 Team of the Week, following the game, I think, against Bradford City. So well done to those gents. Yeah, so let's move on to Huey Tuesday, the 6th of December. Omar Beckles was nominated for the Skybet League 2 Player of the Month for November Award. With him, uh, nomination with his nomination, pointing out his goal line clearance against Harrogate and his goal away at Stockport. For context, Omar is up against two strikers and a goalkeeper. So good luck, Omar. Well, he was up against him. Unfortunately, he didn't win the award. Now it got announced last week. It was but, a striker. I think uh, yeah, whoever. Well, not, whatever. It wasn't Omar Beckel, so it doesn't matter in the Outlook world. Also on Tuesday, Stephen Duke McKenna. George Moncur and Paul Smith visited the Acorn Children Ward at Whips Cross Hospital to hand out presents and spread some festive cheer. So well done uh, to all of those involved. Great That's to see. Things you love to see. Wednesday the 7th of November then, the club announced young forward Dan Nkrumah has joined National League South outfit Welling on a one-month loan. So good luck to Dan. December. Get some good game time. Yep. You took us back in time to November there, but it was oh, December indeed, oh, my love, you certainly yeah, did. Sorry. Also, back out in the community, Richie Wellens, Charlie Kelman, Rob Hunt and Olivia Walsfold, they visited charity partner Haven House. So great Amazing. work again from all involved there. 
Yeah, the Academy were in FA Youth Cup action away at AFC Wimbledon in the third round fixture. Unfortunately, lost the game 1-0 despite an immense fight back from the young O's who just couldn't find an equaliser. So great effort and very unlucky yeah, there. really Good unlucky game, there, boys. It was live on YouTube. I caught was, quite yeah. a bit of it. It was unlucky there. It was knocking on the door. just couldn't find uh, a way in there. So yeah. the young O's exited the competition. So Thursday, the 8th of December, following... The Arctic Blast. I feel like we still have any Arctic like Blast, that, to be yeah. fair. Over the UK, Crew Alexandra announced that ahead of the upcoming fixture on Saturday, they would be hosting a preliminary pitch inspection on the Friday morning at 9.30am. Got to say, well played to Crew. We've had so many instances on this podcast where they delay a pitch inspection or they don't do it until the Saturday morning. So we knew, I feel we all knew it was coming, but better to be sooner rather than later with this. Yeah, so the news that we all thought was coming did come following the preliminary pitch inspection at Crew. The upcoming fixture had been postponed due to a frozen pitch. Yeah, still awaiting a new date for that one, I believe. Also on Friday, the 9th of December, the club announced that the home fixture against Rochdale, which is to be played on Tuesday, the 14th of February, will be the next kids for a quid match. Obviously, you might be thinking, why is it on a Tuesday? That's obviously the half-term week. Loads of kids will be a, a, that one hopefully get a really good atmosphere yeah. for that one be interesting because not there. all the schools break up at the same time anymore I notice it's fairly staggered at certain parts so it is between parts of Essex yeah so be interested to see how well that all yeah. um, turns out I think the squad say sells many kids tickets is what they can yeah so last Saturday the 10th of December even though we weren't in League 2 action there were several fixtures that were played we had an eye on second place Stevenage taking on fourth place Mansfield and it was the best possible result for us as they played out a goalless draw. Yeah, good. So no ground was gained, really. Yeah, absolutely. Sunday, the 11th of December, and again, unsurprisingly, the ladies' team was supposed to be in action, but their match got postponed against Tower Hamlets. Surprise, surprise, due to a frozen pitch. So no football at all for the O's over last weekend. Yeah, Monday the 12th of December, so this past week now, it was a snow day as Orient snowmen were being built all over the country and the club opened up voting for their November Player of the Month, including all players who had played at least two league matches, including at least one start, were up for nomination. Your yeah, views on... for me, I just, uh, in our notes, I just put, I imagine it would be Omar Beckles or Dan Happy. Just because of the lack of game time, you haven't got a striker who scored loads of goals in that. And Paul Smith didn't really score many within November of that period. It's quite mm-hmm. a few postponements. It's quite pretty straightforward. So I thought Omar or Dan would, would take that award just due to the defensive displays. Probably going towards Omar again for that goal against Because he Stockport. scored, yeah. I, I agree. It's a hard one because we only played three games. We won two of them, granted, yeah. but we lost one. Um, and everyone's putting in a shift so it's a real tough I wouldn't like to be the one if they came to me and said decide I'd be like whoa I, yeah, I, yeah. You, you just couldn't um, so Tuesday the 13th of December then happy birthday to Orient Chairman Nigel Travis and also to O's Director Dave Travis we hope you both had a great day celebrating happy birthday yeah, gents happy birthday gents also on Tuesday the club revealed its November goal of the month nominees as follows like Paul said there was only three games not many goals uh, based on that. Nominee A was Paul Smith versus Harrogate away, which, if you remember, was his flicked header from the corner. Nominee B, controversial, George Moncur from the penalty spot away to Harrogate. Nominee C, Darren Prattley versus Stockport away at power header. I'll follow him wherever he takes me. And Omar Beckles, nominee D versus Stockport away, hitting that rebound beautifully and sweetly. I think Prezzinho probably takes it okay. for me Smith was a basic header although done well I'm never going to ever say a penalty should be goal in the month yeah. uh, and Praxinio's header was great although for drama it probably would be Beckles 
sort of seat come off the bar and then go in the back of the net. Yeah, that was right a well-structured at fans. So yeah, one of those two, I would imagine. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not sure penalties should be included in, in the goal of the month unless something new or audacious is done, that yeah. someone tries a new trick and it comes off really well. Yeah, agree with you. For me, Prattley or Beckles, hard to say. If you're going to push me on it, I'd probably say Omar's goal because of the technique and being able to keep it down and, and him being prepared and re- reacting quick enough. But both were important goals that helped us to win a game. Both are really deserving. Yeah, see who wins that one then. Wednesday the 14th of December, quiet day at the club, but CEO Mark Devlin tried to put a few worried minds at ease about the upcoming home fixture against Sutton for the following weekend. He tweeted, the pitch has been covered with a heated dome to help prevent freezing for both the Tottenham Hotspur women's game this evening and the O's game against Sutton on Saturday. We are in contact with the council in relation to gritting local roads. Fingers crossed it should be fine. Now, in hindsight, I was thinking there's no way this game's going ahead. It's frozen in London. Uh, from what I can see in Leighton, with a few mates who work down that way, it looks frozen as well. I thought there's absolutely no chance this game is going ahead. Yeah, but it did. But it did, yeah, absolutely. I guess before we come on to that, there was a match played at Brisbane Road on that evening. Spurs ladies don't seem to be a very good team. They seem to be <laughs> trounced every game they play. Maybe Brisbane Road's unlucky for them. They both smashed 3 0 at home to. Uh, Evan at Brisbane Road. The goals on Sky Sports News on a Thursday morning. That I really? Watched. Yeah. Shocking defending though. Really? Come on Spurs ladies. <laughs> um, Thursday the 15th and Friday the 16th of December. Two quiet days. No news to report. So let's move on to the big event. Saturday, December the 17th. Yeah. So it did go ahead. And before the game as always, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on at home to Sutton United. We had 221 votes and you voted as follows. Only 5% of you for Orient would lose this one. Mm. I was surprised by that, to be fair. Sutton, bit of a Difficult bogey. side. Previous, historically, at points, been a bogey team for the O's. Yeah. Only 10% of you thought the O's would get a draw, and a whopping 85% of those votes thought the O's would come out victorious. As always, overwhelming. thanks to everyone who mm. voted on that Twitter poll. Yeah, two o'clock, the team was announced. Lawrence Figueroa in goal. Brown, Beckles, Happy, James, El Mazzuni, Prattley, Drinnen, Smith... Archibald and Kelman made up the starting 11. The substitutes for this one, Sergeant Ogie, Hunt, Clay, Duke McKenna, Satiriu and Wareham. Yeah, so that side saw only one change from Yo's last starting lineup two weeks ago. Aaron Drynan replaced George Monker, who missed out through illness. But Rob Hunt did return to the match day squad following his injury. So, Biddy Lejande, your thoughts on, on the team lineup when you saw that? Pretty much as expected. Obviously, didn't know that George... Uh, Monker was unwell but otherwise yeah I've got 10 out of 11 I think on my fan hub so yeah quite happy with that yeah agree with that one I thought Brown would keep his place at left back no surprises there um, yeah only surprise was really Monker missing out that did concern me a little bit because when Monker missed out in that number 10 role or that number 8 role or whatever, whatever role that advanced attacking midfielder is we've tried to put Paul Smith there hasn't worked and Paul Smith's been a lot less effective in that role so I was hoping he wouldn't be moved into that 10 role and when Moncler's not been in the team, we've missed that player. Whether it's been Smith who's replaced him, or Joyner's replaced him, or Satu yeah. who's replaced him, or we've had to jigger out a formation. So I was slightly concerned. So I was hoping that Joyner would have a good game. I was intrigued to see whether Joyner would go up as part of a two, or whether he'd be played in Moncler's role. So as long as they didn't mess around too much with Smith, I wasn't really going to be too concerned. But when I saw that, I thought, oh, please don't. Please hope that doesn't mean that you're going to play Drynan on the left now and you're going to put Smith in. No, I think it's about, you know, there is a structure now 
and it's yeah. about if one goes down, it's who's going to play in that spot, who's best suited to play in that spot, rather than having to rejig the whole thing uh, now, which I think is brilliant. We could have gone flat four four two if we needed to yeah. with Drinnen and and um, uh, Kelman up top. Um, and it looked like at one point we did go flat four four two, like unconfirmed, but that's what it looked like to me. But yeah, it's Drinnen. You could see him just fitting in just Good. behind um, Charlie. Kelman there. So we had a couple of tweets came in uh, about their thoughts on this side. Peter Foreman too kicks us off. He says, thought Rob Hunt would come in for Brown. The selection of Drinnen is interesting. 4-3-3 still or a 4-4-2? Moncur will be a big loss. Yeah, Len Chin Chin 1 tweeted us before the game. It's a good selection from the starting squad. George Moncur will be missed as Sutton will provide some stiff opposition. Bench looks solid but it will need new players to defend well, get second balls and no silly mistakes which could get punished. A win, please, in Richie, we trust. Yeah, Darren Prattley got the game underway in a chilly E10 in front of a very busy crowd at Brisbane Road. And just a minute in, Idris El Mazzouni went into the book for a foul after he miscontrolled the ball and tried to recover. That was a minute 30 seconds on the clock because I had my stopwatch going because <laughs> I make the notes as we yeah. go along. A minute 30, like the referees booked him. So you could kind of tell... Well, you thought what kind of game this might turn into. I haven't seen that challenge, so I don't know whether it was a very rash it's one. Just, it's or just a recovery just challenge, and he's just mistimed it. Like it, It's like a minute and a half into the game. Like You give him a warning, maybe. Later in the game, it probably is. So I guess if you're going to be consistent... See, it's all out early. It's a booking, but come on, it's like a 90 seconds <laughs> into the game. So let's get forward to the 10th minute, and a penalty shot for the O's. Long throw-in. Bounced through to Rose. He fumbled his catch. Charlie Kelman pounced on it. And as Rose tried to recover, he went to ground. Also, so did Kelman. Penalty appeals waved away by the ref who gave a free kick to Sutton. Lucky boy there, Rose. I've seen them given plenty of times. 100% Plenty of times. If that's World Cup, that's going VRA, mate. Premier League, it's VAR. Yeah, VAR. Sorry, not VRA. That's my work. That's video recording, Zach. Sorry, VAR. Yeah, so that. So... I don't understand how he's given a free... What he's thought is that Kelman's brought down Rose when Rose has gone to, forwards and down to get the ball and Kelman's there. That's a penalty. Like Even Richie Wellens mentions it in, in his post-match. That's all day long, a penalty. Yeah, looked like it. 15 minutes on the clock now. Former O Harry Buterman stopped Lawrence Vigaru from releasing the ball quickly, but surprisingly wasn't booked. So no yellow card for Mr. So no yellow Buterman. card, but I can't help but think that he was running with his back Obviously, with his back to Lawrence Vigoro, and Viggs has just kicked it at him. Right, okay, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. So, you were there yesterday, I wasn't. 25th minute, you made a note, right? Yeah, not a lot to talk about. Neither team seemed to have really settled into their stride. You could see Sutton was sitting back, soaking us up, doubling up on Smith, getting to Theo out on the wings. As, quite a, as what an away team, you. Would do, do your homework if you've scouted right. us and done your homework so no complaints there from a certain perspective but just as I'd finished making that note Paul Smith picked the ball up on the halfway yeah. line he was facing so yeah, he's yeah. back to the dugout and then he's literally just knocked gone past his man. just knocked it yeah. past his manager he's just left him standing they're 7 and 20 were, were, were tag teaming and, and doubling up on him and he just literally nicked it past him he's then um Driven towards goal, skipping past Kizzy. So this guy's yeah, then yeah, come yeah, in yeah. to try and take him out. He's, he's danced past him there. His cross eventually found Charlie Kelman. Unfortunately, his effort went wide 
of the near post. Wow. Brilliant. That was a bit of excitement. Brilliant. Yeah. That's, that's what he can give you, uh, which is really good yeah. to see. The crowd would have, that would definitely live up the crowd. 26 minutes in, and O's corner was cleared, and Sutton had a counter attack on, 3 to 1. Yeah. But our one was Tom James, made a superb sliding tackle to prevent the attack. Well played, Tom James. It then eventually, by the time that they caught up, it was then became 4 on 2. Still no good, but Tom James, if he'd have mistimed that, that would have been a yellow card, possibly yeah. a red as the last man, potentially. So that was an on that should not if that's not on that I haven't watched the highlights back it's not that is an unbelievable tap challenge and well done well done Tom James it's not because I haven't seen it but well done right. Tom James um, but I can't tell you <laughs> how, what a game changing tackle right. that could have been right. um, <clears throat> 30 minutes on the half hour mark driving run from Charlie Kelman saw him fouled it looked like it was in the box but because we were shooting to the south, uh, to the north stand yeah. to start with, but the referee awarded a free kick on the edge of the box, which is probably a fair. Now assessment. that was on the highlights, right? And I think Kelman doesn't get the credit he deserves, right? Because if that's Paul Smith, everyone's raving about that run, right. and I haven't seen that much in the post-match tweets about that run or much about Kelman. I think, but I thought I think that it was probably an happened. amazing run for Kelman. <laughs> it probably happened so early on in the game that by the time oh. like the two goals come, people have forgotten the half hour early. mark. But, you know, fantastic run there. Well played, Charlie Kelman. Theo Archibald stepped up to take the free kick. If you listen to the first bit of this podcast, which you must have done if you're listening to this bit, you'll know it hit the bar. Theo came very close to scoring, but unfortunately not to be his day. Great free kick. Great free kick, yeah. Literally a lick of paint off of going in. Fast forward then to the 38th minute. Superb work again from Paul Smith down the left as his cross ended up finding Charlie Kelman. Unmarked in the box, his first time shot was well blocked they were definitely putting bodies in the yeah. way um, and that went out blocked out for a corner that unfortunately came to nothing yeah let's skip in one minute of time was added on played out nothing more to put in the first half as the sides went in goal at half time yeah attendance was announced as 8,069 fans with just 500 and 62 making the trip from southwest London. Not bad at all there. One tweet at half time came in from Kid Samson. Oh, well, not too impressed. Said grim stuff. Drynan needs hooking. He's miles off the pace, and we are sorely lacking creativity from the number 10 role. Would like to see Duke McKenna or Elmis push further forward. Still, Sutton are having to work hard to stay in the game, so maybe we'll run the legs out of him. Good tweet there. It was a bit flat to start with. Um, and then you know a couple of brilliant piece of brilliance from from Smith and and from um, Kelman, you know a bit unlucky and and Theo shot that that, that hit, hit the bar. Hit the yeah. bar. Um, it's not all doom and gloom, but take your point. Uh, no changes for the O's at half time. Sutton got the second half underway, and four minutes into nice build up play, saw Theo Archibald's cross find Paul Smith at the back post. His header hit the back of the far of the near post, with the linesman eventually flagging for offside. Yeah, so he did. Fifty first minute stopping play as some players were down in the box with head injuries from a set piece, and then shortly after that, it was time for the first O sub as Darren Prattley had to go off. He was replaced by Rob Hunt, so that meant that Jordan Brown reverted to midfield and Hunt went to right back. That's a great example though, of how adaptable the team is it's not just a straight swap but because Brown can play in various positions and so can Hunt either on the left or the right yeah moving his players around so not causing too much chaos with his substitution so, so Tom James stayed at left back yeah basically yeah. where Rob Hunt has been brought in as the left back yeah he stayed at and and and, and Tom because Tom was doing actually quite well I think it's one of his better games to be fair um, 61 minutes on the clock so just over the hour mark Paul Smith Ended up breaking the deadlock with a superb strike. The ball pinged about. Eventually, Idris El Mazzouni intercepted the ball. It came to Charlie Kelman. He slightly miscontrolled 
uh, his part, his touch, but it ended up falling back to Theo Archibald, who fed uh, the pass wide to Smith after Baldwin failed to control it. And our little number seven drove across uh, the box, made some space for himself and fired his effort past Rose in the Sutton goal, making it 1-0 to the Mighty O's. What a piece of magic out of nothing. Must He's just taken two touches, taking it nice and wide, found himself a bit of a gap because he was starting to get crowded out. There was three or four, as you see on the on the highlights reel. Bang, far right corner. Brilliant goal. All that of us must look great in the south stand. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm only gutted that I couldn't film it. <laughs> I mean, I think I say it every week, you kind of run out of superlatives, right, about Paul Smith. If he's not scoring a red kick or doing something outrageous, he's scoring like another outrageous goal from outside the box. I mean, fantastic. Favourite bit about that is the Sutton plays. The keeper just looks at his defence and his defence go, we get... What can what, we do? What can we do? Like yeah. we had everyone marked. He's just put in the top bins, mate. We can't do anything. Yeah, so, true. yeah, so true. Amazing, great strike there from Paul Smith. What a season he's having. Long mate, continuing the second half of the season. So sixty-six minutes in, second Orient sub as Idris El Mazouni was replaced by Craig Clay. That sensible makes sense to me because he was on the yellow from so early on. It's not worth risking him. Many percent, yeah. Uh, and Craig Clay is a very uh, appropriate uh, substitution there. Since we've scored, Sutton have made some changes. There's a bit more urgency about their game, pressuring us a bit more than they were in the first half, especially as they're now uh, one nil down. We made our final sub as Paul Smith was replaced by Ruel Satoru in the seventy sixth. Yeah, I mean minute, that's why which... it's so important, isn't it, to get that first goal? Because ultimately, once you get the first goal out of nothing, then they they've got to, to come they've got to change their game plan and come at you which obviously leaves you gaps to go and exploit and it becomes That's a right. much more open game so why players like Paul Smith are so important they can get you goals out of nothing and get you ahead and I think that was a good substitution as well like he's done his bit let's not knacker him out he's been yeah. managed you know he had injuries terrible injuries last season that saw him miss swathes of it so yeah good and there's lots and lots of football to come and football did well weeks. Uh, when he came on as well he oh, looked quite stuff. industrious as well really good, good stuff one minute later then the O's sorry three minutes later 79th minute the O's made the game safe made it 2-0 as Tom James took a long throw in uh, into the box Paul eventually came to Craig Clay he crossed it in and the off balance Alistair Smith miscut his clearance totally was halfway mm. on the floor mm. and the ball amazingly flew past Rose <laughs> don't know how he's done that to double the O's lead We've been quality this season, right? And I can't dispute that. But boy, oh boy, have we had some luck, yeah. right? With some misses from opposition, with Viggs making some amazing saves. With all the team, Tom James, Paul Smith, all of them scoring some amazing goals. That's another stroke of luck. And when you're up there, they go in the back of the net. Had, had we been in bottom place or mid-table, Smith would have hit that and it would have hit the bar or gone over the bar. Or, or have gone out wide or something. Or would it yeah. even happen? Yeah. When you're top of the league, these things tend to run with you, which is why I'm convinced that you know we are going to comfortably probably end up going up. I don't want to jinx it, but we've had so much luck already this season. How dare you speak Amazing. Like How dare you speak Amazing. Like so, 2-0, game pretty much done after that point. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 89th minute, Theo Archibald, our guest this week, picked up a yellow card for walking away with the ball and then throwing it away. One of the Sutton players said foreign films were rubbish and Theo didn't like that. <laughs> he must have, must have, must have, <laughs> must have like said, like, what, what are you listening to on Spotify? <laughs> That's rubbish. Um, but no, I, I just felt that that was, slightly unnec- that was an unnecessary booking. That is his fifth yellow card, but, but that doesn't count now because the 19th game has been played and now it's 10 in, I think, 30 games. Now. Hopefully he doesn't pick up another five in the next 11, hopefully. Five no, in the five next, next nine. nine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So apart from that, six minutes of time, Wintup 
on the ball, nothing further to report. The referee blew the full-time whistle as the match ended with an orient win as Brisbane Road was rocking all over the world. So some fantastic stuff there. Richie Williams was interviewed after the game. That currently isn't on uh, YouTube and due to time constraints and having Theo on the podcast, we're not going to get uh, to play his post-match interview this week. But thank you to Dave Victor, as always, sending that over very interesting though very honest again from him you know we said we were a bit ring rusty we haven't played for a couple of weeks the lads had a Christmas party last week we've not been able to train properly because obviously the training ground's been under snow so they've had to make alternative arrangements as has every other club that's affected by snow but he was just kind of really rationalising why we were a bit we looked a little bit ring rusty to start with um, but I thought he, I thought he made it right. Dan Darren Prattley had a dead leg, which is why he came off. So hopefully he's going to be okay. Um, hopefully Monks will be back for well. We've got ten day break now because we're not Stevenage. playing on Boxing Day, so not yeah. until we play Stevenage. So should be enough time to get those that are fit and well back. As I was walking to the ground, I saw Adam Thompson. Hopefully he's not. I didn't speak to him, but hopefully he's not too far off coming back. And Georgiou. Uh, Jaden Sweeney was there and someone else who I can't remember but it's not really that important okay. but yeah so um, yeah it was very interesting um, so it's on the club's app if you have the club's app you can listen to oh, it, is there. it oh brilliant stuff alright so league I think, yeah. tabled in obviously the O's are still top played 21 now one sixteen. drawn three lost to a goal difference of plus 23 and we're currently on 51 points. Interestingly, it wasn't much of a League 2 football. The only other game was Barrow against Swindon. Didn't impact us. Uh, so it means we are seven points clear of second place Stevenage. We are also, this is ridiculous, 16 points clear of fourth placed Swindon. And we also have a game in hand over them. Things you'd love to see. What a Christmas Mate, is going to be. That's got to be six games that we lose that, that they win. Before you even start. Fourth place, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. before you even start thinking about dropping down. Yeah, so Bearded, Lejande, your views on Sutton United at home yesterday? Yeah, not a game that will really live that long in, in the memory. We started slowly, we didn't really have a flow or, or rhythm. Sutton set up to defend, sit back, soak it up. Um, they were they should have had some bookings. That bugle was, was fouling and, and rolling around like he'd been shot by a sniper. <laughs> Uh, I think Craig Eastman as well was was a little bit like that. Butyman, I thought, was probably, you know, with a different referee on a different day, probably fortunate not to get a book in uh, for blocking Viggs, although he may not have intended yeah. to have done that. So that's probably the, the, the payoff there. Uh, they doubled up on Theo and Paul Smith, made it tough for us, our creative outlets. Um, but others stepped up, worked hard. Charlie Kalman did very well. Aaron Drynan did well. Towards the end of the first half, you know, by what we've mentioned, Theo's hit the bar. Um, Charlie's had a couple of good opportunities. Yeah. He's put wide. wide yeah. Paul Smith's given their left, their right-sided players a, a, to- a really torrid time. Um, Sutton defended well, didn't offer us anything going forward. They had one counter-attack, I think, the whole game. I don't think Lawrence Vigaru made anything more than two routine catches. Um, I don't think he'll really have... Uh, a more comfortable game if he tried. Great goal from Paul Smith. Dan Happy, again, superbly. Marshall Bugle, absolutely superbly. Omar Beckles as well, um, assisting there and, and, and doing his bit. Um, good to see Rob Hunt back in the squad. Yeah, unfortunately due to injury to Darren, so yeah. it's unfortunate, but he did very well as well. He looked lively. He looked like he, he liked getting forward as well to help support attack. I thought Tom James was magnificent. 
Good, absolutely magnificent yesterday. Um, and we're top at Christmas, only being second place once this season. Oh, good start. And that's when, that's when uh, Stevenage played a game when we didn't. So yeah. they had a game in hand over us. So it's only one week out of 21 game weeks of we not being top. I don't remember the last time, and I haven't looked up the, the history books that I've got as to when that might have been. Uh, but we were talking, yeah, I was talking to some fans yesterday um, about when what what the lowest points that someone's gone up uh, in League Two. Yeah. So if there are any statos out there that can help us with that, that would be very much appreciated. I'm sure there must be some statos get working. There's there's only 25 games left, which is 75 more points. Yeah. We'll see. Do we will see. Mate, Your views? It's going to be short and sweet this week because uh, I wasn't there yet. I mean... Certainly United always potential to slip up, right? Yeah. So horrible opponents, weather, rustiness could have gone on a different day, you know, what Orient are like. But again, deliver clean sheet, decent performance, could have been more. Like you said, Vigorous had to do nothing really. I wasn't there, but it felt like that goal was coming. It did feel like a surprise to see it go from 0 0 to 1 0. So fantastic. Paul Smith, what can you like I said there's only so much we can say about him on this podcast. And I think Gab Sutton, annoyingly, who's got a massive reach, done a tweet this afternoon just saying like he's far too good for League 2. He's only there because of his injury record, which is probably true. So I think for us, we've just got to enjoy him while we've got him because yeah. he seems every week to get more and more plaudits. And when he's putting goals in like that, I think that's going to happen. And I think it's very important that we keep calm in January because he is bound to yeah. get linked to some big move, it's only natural that the best players from League Two will get linked to the biggest clubs from League One and maybe some Championship clubs. So I'd be amazed if players like Vigaru and Smith and Happy, who are all out contracted in the season, unless they announce something this week to say they've signed new deals, I'd be amazed not to see him leave, but to see him not linked with any transfer activity. And it's very important that Orient fans stay calm in January because we've got such a good set of players, it's bound to happen. I also think Idris, and you was on an Ipswich vlog about a week and a half ago, which yeah. I watched. Very good, by the way, Mr Levy. Thank you. Ipswich are starting to lose now. They lost yesterday to Wickham. They were like running away with it. Plymouth have now well on top of them. Plymouth, Ipswich are starting to draw games really? over winning good and lose a bit now. Yeah, It's only going to intensify Ipswich desire for Idris to come back from a fan base perspective. So again, really important to keep calm under what is going on at the moment because our best players will get linked with other clubs Idris will get linked with going back to Ipswich because it's natural but Ipswich have got two players that are out that are coming back from injury one's back any time now I think that Ipswich guy said and, and one's probably slightly longer um, but hopefully they will be looking to bring in championship players hopefully yeah so that they then can push back up you're right Plymouth are two points ahead played the same amount of games Sheffield Wednesday are two points behind them so they've got a little bit of a buffer but, and they've only lost their last uh, one in uh, five so they drew against Fleet was it Fleetwood or Morecambe they drew something in the last two draws two wins yeah, they, were winning, they were winning those games previously two, one two in five if you want to look at it that way but then there are others around them you know Derby County occupy the last playoff spot on third 34 points so that's that's 11 points that they've got the buffers yeah. on, so uh, we'll on it so hopefully they'll be looking to bring in players from above hope rather so than... hope so and I think you know it's a good point though for me it's just the stats are still staggering 51 points from a possible 63 is unbelievable isn't it? absolutely insane from uh, not just any team but from Orient it's, it's just the thing you love to see Absolutely insane season. Some wonder goals already, and we've not even played half the season. Yeah, make it out what you will. Yeah. Long may it continue. Love yeah, agree. It. 
absolutely agree. Just looking about the games in hand and all the stuff we've got going on, it's just can't remember a season like it. Even when we got promoted out of the National League. Don't even need to look at the game at the moment. It's don't even... Uh, yeah, anyway. So those were our views. Short and sweet <laughs> to the point. We had a lot of feedback that came in after this match. So thanks to everyone for your views and sending them into our social media accounts. And just because we read them, it doesn't mean we uh, agree with them. We put them in for context and balance. Fulbrook so underscore I said the O's seven points clear at Christmas. A great first present of the festive season. Yeah, Rekka Blue Apps, a competent victory with no frills or spills, just what the doctor ordered. And if the points per game run rate stays as they are, we'd be out of reach from Swindon by game 31. <laughs> Do we start to believe? Gary Talbot 7 said, excellent by all to get that game on and crucial to not have slipped up. Plymouth's record haul points in 2001-2002 in League 2 should be pursued with vigour. Smith is the best League 2 player since Bobby Zamora. That's Going a back a bit statement, there. Gary. Great stat. Going back a long way there. Casey Adams, LOFC. Go Sorry, just to come back on that point. Well done to the ground staff, Colin and the ground staff, and everybody involved with getting that game on. And thank you to Spurs for the warm air <laughs> The dome. Ten thing. <laughs> Casey Adams, LOFC, love and life, said, what a win. In a game where you couldn't see where the goal was coming from, Smith with a bit of magic. Seven points clear at the top at Christmas. Doesn't get much better. Richard J. Bourne said, Hard work victory. Another cracker by Smith who is unbelievable. Jordan Brown is like a Craig Clay from seasons ago. An unsung hero who does a good job in different positions. Bang on the money, Richie. Great Bang on. And a bit of an unsung hero, Jordan Brown, because he's a midfielder that's slotted into right back superbly. And he likes to get forward as well. Great point there, yeah, well yeah. done, Paul Redrum said, very professional performance against a very awkward team, but I wish after the second goal went in, we went for it a bit more, but super happy with being seven points clear up the O's. Trousers Techno said, a 2-0 win, but not one of our better performances, which lacks some fluidity in our passing and movement. Seven points clear at the top, however, and 16 points clear of fourth place, so what's not to like? Exactly. Emmy Baker, 2001, said, terrible ref today, but an mm. anti-footballing team like Sutton put them to bed. Big result. Good point. Dan Alton 2590 said, hardly scintillating, but it didn't have to be. You know what sort of game Sutton are going to give you, and uh, the hard pitch only added to that already difficult task. But we've got, but once we've got ahead, it was plain sailing. As important a win as any of them. Big one ticked off, we move. Yeah, That's right. Absolutely. Dirk Turk kept it short, kept it sweet, said, an easy three points as they will come. Move on quickly to the next. Orin underscore Ed said, seemed to be missing something in the first half, but we clicked into gear eventually. That little magic man does it again. Over 50 points, top of the league, and 16 points clear of everyone into the playoffs uh, places. An exciting time to be an O. Merry Christmas, everyone. I think last season we finished on 58 points total. This season we've got 51 points. And we're not right. even halfway through Only seven season. points away from last season. Yeah. Uh, points all, which is an absolutely ridiculous stat. Steve Chaplin, four. Said solid win against limited opponents. Class from Smith yet again. But a shout out for Brown, who was tidy at right back. And in midfield when he moved yeah. there. Lots of love tonight for Jordan Brown. Yeah, agree. Absolutely agree. Uh, Painting Orient said a solid performance against a tricky side with great adaptability from the likes of Jordan Brown. Missed a little bit amongst his magic in the first half, but a class finish from Smithy made it all made it all much smoother than my return train <laughs> connection. Yeah, so lots of problems with the central yeah. line yesterday. Well, rail, there were rail strikes. As well, yeah, lots of difficult trains there. Frank Beavis, great stat from Frank here. Just had a look at the league table from last season and we have four more points from Forest Green had after 21 games up the O's. And if you remember, 
Forest Green Rovers could barely muster a win for the last 15 games of the season and they still went up pretty much as champions on the last day of the season so make of that what you will yeah Lenin 4 said could have easily been one of those days with the ref and their anti-football but the team never stopped grafting and got what they deserved by the end certainly did O's fan basics are very comfortable not a lot to beat and we didn't exactly wow anyone but we do not look like letting in a goal and we have class players who you know will get one it's a good Hang point on. because we defend from the front Charlie Kelman at times was just racing to close everything down Driz was doing that as well Smith and, and, uh, and Archibald as well everyone was looking so you defend from the front it makes it easier on the yeah. back four all day long E10 Newman said decent performance and a great goal by Smith I do hope however that even though Rob Hunt is fit again Jordan Brown will still be selected in the first 11 he's done brilliantly since he came in yeah Les LK52 said a really solid performance especially with our star man Moncur every player contributed we started the game slowly and finished it like an express train just wish we could start a little faster no, no complaints brilliant performance and Paul Smith wow what a player. Paul Skinner, 88, said, a dirge of a game, but results matter. We dragged down, we are, we were dragged down to their level for most of it. God help their fans watching that every week. That's the sort of ref I hate. Stopping the game for a foul whenever anyone falls over. Safe before Christmas. Seven points <laughs> clear. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas indeed. Boats, he said, I'm running out of words to, to describe this team. Unbelievable result. And I can't remember a season like this in all my Orient supporting days. 51 points by Christmas is some feat. Only really need 10 or 11 more wins to guarantee promotion. Yeah, Ben Whitlock, 13, said, Key moment was Viggs using his experience and going down to buy the bench time to sub off Prattley. Scored shortly afterwards, but we were in danger of being under pressure with 10 men. Yeah, Good spot, that. Good spot there by Ben. Phil VZ1 said, Having gone to such lengths to get this game on, it was important to win it. Sutton did not offer much. Big physical team with a manager from a distant era. It was a scrappy match, but we dug in to win comfortably. Fantastic strike from Paul Smith. SR Barber, 1986, said, Another professional performance. Sutton didn't really trouble us, but we were solid enough at the back before another tremendous goal from Smith opened them up. After seeing what this league offers, I can see... I can't see how we don't go up this year unless we get a major build-up of injuries. It would have to be something fairly catastrophic, but you know this is Orient, so you never are there until you are there. I thought this was a really good tweet coming up here. JB Foreman, double zero two, said it looked so routine for us to win. I've never seen Orient make winning look routine before. Great tweet. Very good tweet there. Great tweet. So James B59704959 said, Missing Moncur showed and we were further handicapped by the early booking for Idris, which meant he had to hold back. They didn't really trouble us and seemed happy to rely on set pieces to get anything. A tough game passed, but there will be more in the coming Yeah, months. I'm sure there will We've be. got to play them again at their place. Absolutely, so. yeah. Penultimate tweet this week. Tom Davis E17. He said, Happy and Beckles. Excellent at the back, but shout out for Kelman and Dryan. Even though neither scored or really looked like scoring, the way they pressed, kept their shape and yeah. generally worked their socks off was important. <laughs> Tom, we can't read out those words. Um, <laughs> you should know that by now. Final word goes to Matty H. LOFC, who said safety guaranteed before Christmas. 16 points clear of fourth. My word. Merry Christmas indeed. Yeah, Merry Christmas indeed. So loads of tweets read out there. Let us know if you agree or disagree with any of those that have been read out. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook. You can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. You can find us on Instagram at orient underscore outlook underscore podcast. And you can also find us on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast. So loads and loads of ways to get in contact with yourself, Stan, 
Chumps. Bit of the giant day. Let's go for the Carol Langley Flores Prediction League update. Let's do that. Carol Langley Flores sponsor our Prediction League. So they are an established business based in Chingford, East London, specialising in bespoke flowers sourced from the finest growers around the world. From a simple thank you to tailored wedding or event packages, they're here to help you and also have a great range of Christmas bouquets and table centres. They're offering a 15% discount to all those fans and staff, which could give you a huge saving on your wedding and flowering costs. To get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced florists, give them a call on 0208 529 4130 or get in contact via social media at Carol Langley E4, that's Carol with an E on the end, or at Essex Biz on Twitter, they're on Instagram, Carol Langley Florist, or Facebook at Carol Langley Florist. Yeah, lots of correct predictions in this one. Lots of you predicted 2 0 without a scorer and get three points. We had lots of you who also uh, got four points. So M8XYL, Ryan JD52, Ian Hutchison, Wings Mad, East London XL, That to O's fan, Gorillas1985, The Authentic Gaz, Wallet Ad, Ben Porter, Tommy Atkinson, Nick Clark, all got four points. A lot of points dished out. Means. That wow. the top of the prediction league on 30 points wow. already. Smashed last season, didn't they? I think last season was like 36 points, the eventual right. winner. So he's only got two more correct predictions to get. That to O's fan, again, with a correct prediction. He got uh, four points uh, on Saturday, so well done. David Landell, still following him. He got He's on 22 points. David, well done. You got three points yesterday. O's fan basing also got three points yesterday to get himself to 20 points. And Ben Whitlock and Wings Mad on 19 points. So loads and loads of you correctly predicting there. And remember to get all of your predictions in. Lots of points to play for over the festive period. Absolutely. And also, just a quick nod to everybody who came and said hello uh, yesterday. People that I haven't spoken to before. Uh, good to chat with people. I went up to the Legends Lounge after the game. Nice to meet so many people and, and chat all in, in good times. Um, so, yeah, thanks to everybody who said hello uh, or came and said, said hi. Really good to meet people. Sunday the 18th of December, then, as we look to wrap this up. Uh, happy Heavenly Birthday, 53rd birthday to the late, great Justin Edinburgh. Yeah, absolutely. There. Wishing all our listeners who celebrate Hanukkah a very happy festival light. Happy Hanukkah, Mr. Levy. Thank you very much indeed. We lit our candles tonight. So there is no fancy <laughs> football update because obviously the World Cup uh, ended today uh, in quite magnificent style. So there is no fancy football update. Boxing Day is the next Premier League round of fixtures. So it will kick in, kick in then. So good luck to everybody. Uh, for the for the next yeah, half of this yeah. season, yeah, absolutely. All right, so positives and negatives of the week. Unsurprisingly, it's going to be a lot more positives. Uh, negatives, you can do it a bit of agenda. You go for positives. We'll switch it up. Another win. Yeah, another, another three points. Another three points on the board. Two goals. Yep. A clean sheet. Absolutely. Most importantly, though, top of the league, sixteen points uh, away from fourth place. Again, as we've mentioned, an before. absolutely amazing neg- uh, positive. To have only negative for this week, unsurprisingly, will be George Moncur missing out through illness. Haven't got another game now for a good couple of days. Hopefully he can beat his illness and be back in the team for that one. So Carol Langley, Florist Hero of the Week. We mentioned uh, them earlier, but we're sweet. No Twitter poll. A straight award going this week. Could have done. Could have been a number of players. Do you know what? It would have been interesting to see this week. You imagine... You imagine Paul Smith would have won it. However, seeing all those tweets about Jordan Brown, I think Jordan Brown might have nicked it back. It would have been tight. Not going to be a player this week. We're going direct to a member of staff. So ladies and gents, hero of the week is... Colin James in the ground, mate. 
everyone involved with getting that game on yesterday. Thank you very much indeed. Absolutely. So the upcoming fixtures in. So next week's fixtures, one fixture or next fixture, home to Stevenage. Don't forget, this has been moved from Boxing Day, so please don't rock up uh, to Brisbane Road on Boxing Day at 3 o'clock because you'll be bitterly disappointed. Instead, rock up on Tuesday, the 27th of December. And don't forget, this one kicks off at 12.30. And look sharp out there, everyone, because this one's going out live on Sky Sports. Yeah, wear all your Christmas presents. <laughs> or show off all your gear. Yeah, top of the table clash this one. Obviously, if you listen to this, you'll know Stevenage are currently second in League 2. They didn't play this weekend, so hopefully... They'll be a bit ring rusty because I don't believe they're going to play yet now until they play us. So Correct. Richie spoke about us being rusty. They're yeah. going to be even rustier than us. Hopefully we go. I mean, if we beat them, we'll pull away from that second place team. And people really, really will start believing. So a massive game. 54, so that put us 10 points ahead of them. Look forward to seeing you yeah. all down there. And like Paul said, always great to meet new listeners and Orient fans so if you see us please come and say hello love meeting new appreciate faces. yeah loved it Jack Coates get tweeting mate you know you know what that's about I don't know what that's about so no uh, I'm talking to Jack I know I know but you nodded at me no idea so sponsorship reminder then yeah let's do that don't forget if you're thinking of moving home keep it in the Orient family save a few quid by using trusted estate agents town and country Essex call them on 01279 883444 or you can call them on 07528 Four seven one four nine seven. They're also on Twitter at T and C Harlow or at Charlie underscore Paul. Yeah, so that is it. Thanks for joining us for episode three hundred and three. So after a break last week, following the postponement of crew, the O's were back in action as we beat Sutton United fairly comfortably, thanks to Paul Smith and an own goal as we remain top of the league for Christmas and games. Don't get much easier than the visit of Stevenage, who are up next at home. They'll be fresh. They'll be keen to close the gap on us on Sky Sports, like we've said. That's followed up with tough away trips to Newport and Northampton Town, all in the short space of seven days. So let's hope we are talking about a win in our next podcast, which we are aiming to get out on the evening of Monday, the 2nd of January. That should probably say they don't get much harder. I know, but I quite like it when we say much easier. They get much easier than that Cheeky. One. Stevenage, we love you. Not If you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give our podcast a listen. It really does help us to be found by other fans of other clubs or other fans, uh, other Orient fans who aren't connected with us yet. It does really help. So if you could subscribe, give us a follow on whatever podcast app that you listen to us on a review would be extra special uh, cherry on top uh, we very much appreciate that so if you're listening on SoundCloud Spotify tune in and Stitcher add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them we're also on all smart speakers and the Fan Hub app so listening to this podcast has got even easier if you've got an older relative a loved one or an Orient chum who you think will be uh, interested in hearing what's going on at Orient grab their phone download the podcast for them and pass the pod. Yeah, so a massive thank you once again to Theo Archibald for making his Orient Outlook podcast debut. Thank you to the club for sorting out that interview. We hope you all enjoyed that one. And as this is the final Orient Outlook podcast of 2022, thanks to everyone who has listened this year, engaged with us on social media, said hello at matches, or had any interaction with us. Obviously, you know, we do this off our own backs. It's very hard work, it's very time consuming. And if yeah. no one was listening, and it wouldn't be worth it. So we still continue to get loads of listens, loads of engagement, which makes it Very all worth it. So thanks to everyone this year it's great who point. has interacted with us. So like yeah. we said earlier, back in episode back. 304 on Monday, the 2nd of January. So that's the day of the Northampton Town match. So that'll be coming to you live from Morning Outlook 
podcast towers and that will have all the information of you that you could ever need over the festive period. But we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Just one quick thing that's just come to me. <laughs> I've added it up so beautifully. You absolutely did, but it's just come to me that if you get stuck and need to listen to something Orient related, we have a huge back catalogue of interviews that you can refresh yourself with. So anyway, we're <laughs> signing off now. Happy New Year to you all and up the O's. Happy Hanukkah. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten It's glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes that glow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see is the heart.